0: Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms and on the YouTube channel, The Subtext.
1: Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by...
0: I am Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast...
1: How are you doing today?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good. It's scary that it's almost the end of October. Halloween's upon us. Um, (laughs) 2020 has kind of just flown by, but here we are. How about you?
1: Yeah, scary is the word. Um, Yeah, I'm good. Have you got any plans to mark Halloween?
0: Um, Just not get coronavirus, I think. it be a good good Halloween plan. What about you? (laughs)
1: Um, Just uh, maybe... Watch some horror films, play some yeah. horror games.
0: I'm I'm not big on Halloween, really. It's never really been my kind of thing. I've never really got it. I much prefer bonfire night.
1: Yeah, I just like this this time of year in general. I yeah. like um, I like the leaves falling off the trees, the colours, mm. and I just I think it's my favourite time of year.
0: Yeah, so I do, I do like autumn, or as our American friends call it, fall. Fall, indeed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, do you get many trick-or-treaters where you are?
0: No, not really. Um, I think maybe I've lived in this house for three years and I've had them once, perhaps. I always buy sweets just in case and then they stay in my cupboard for like, I don't know, about two years. because what, it's all the all kids? This... The kids, yeah, the kids stay <laughs> in my cupboard for about three years um, until, you know, I have to move on. So, no, I, I always buy those... Um, <laughs> I always buy those sweets that you don't really want to eat, stuff like refreshers, love hearts, palmer violets. Um,
1: and then you end up eating them because the kids don't have them.
0: Yeah, even though I put them in the cupboard with the kids. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what you get for kidnapping.
0: Well, quite right. I would just like to confirm to all of our listeners: I do not kidnap anyone. Um, I just keep old sweets in my cupboard. But alas,
1: rotter. <laughs> Off to a roaring start, Halloween kidnapping. As always. Where to go now? Okay, so today, this is sort of a Halloween special episode, Mm. and we are going to be looking at one of the only um, horror-esque titles on the list. So today we are looking at the very big title from 2005, Resident Evil 4. It is number 21 on our Metacritic list and it has a score an aggregate score of 96 so um i guess as always uh do you have any history with this game
0: not really no um i've i've always been very aware of the resident evil series i've kind of seen friends play it i know i've I've watched a couple of my friends co-op resident evil 5 a few times i've seen Quite a lot of stuff for Resi One, and obviously we had the remake of Resi Two came out. Uh, I think it was last year, wasn't it, or earlier this yeah. year? I can't remember.
1: No, it was last year, Resi Two, and then Resi Three, the remake for that came out this year. Oh, did it? Yeah.
0: Oh, blimey! Um, well, yeah, I, I've I've got um, I've got the the remake or the remaster of Resident Evil One on the GameCube, and I tried it probably around the start of the year. And I probably played it for about thirty minutes before I had to turn it off because I just couldn't. I, I just I just couldn't cope with it. But I've I've always been aware of Resident Evil. I know it's very well respected. I know some of the characters like Albert Wesker, Leon Kennedy, uh, Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine. Yes. And obviously all of the uh, the memes that came from the horrendous voice acting of the PS one version of Resident Evil. <laughs> um, yeah. Which are incredible. But, yeah, not much history. It's my first time ever properly playing a Resident Evil game through to completion. I've been aware so, of Resident before 4, but, you know, never played it before.
1: So, question for you. You said that you started playing Resident Evil 1 on the GameCube. Yeah. And you had some, you had some difficulties. So, mm-hmm. what, what difficulties did you have with it, just out of curiosity?
0: The controls and the camera. I think... Fair enough. I, I think, and, I mean, we'll come back to the controls in regards to resi 4 as well but i think this is another one of those things that if you grew up with these control schemes then maybe it was a bit easier to get to grips with when going back to it but i mean i like i said i lasted 30 minutes with resident evil one and i, I just couldn't i just couldn't get used to it and it was doing my head in and the shooting was difficult and yeah i, I i'm not someone that has a lot of patience for things if i if I don't feel like I can pick them up quite well. And that was the case with yeah. Resident Evil 1. So I just turned it off and never went back to it, which was a shame because I know that the Resident Evil games have always been very, very well reviewed. What about you? I think you've got a bit more experience with Resident Evil than I have, haven't you?
1: Yeah. So, first real experience, similarly to you, but probably before you, was when we got the GameCube, we got Resident Evil 1, the remake and probably got a bit further than you, but I didn't get very far into it because I wasn't... I was about 12 at the time, Yeah. and I'd say that my skills at gaming <laughs> weren't amazing back then. They weren't quite so, right for
0: Resident Evil.
1: Well, and also there was the fact that I was probably just too afraid to, yeah. <laughs> to make progress with it. But, um, yeah, I think there was a hesitancy there, but I never really committed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really touched... Uh, the series but I was always kind of loosely interested um, because Resident Evil 2 and 3 also got released on the Gamecube um, they weren't they weren't remakes as Resident Evil 1 was but they were kind of um, improved versions yeah but I didn't really um, appeal to me much until I started seeing the footage for Resident Evil 4 and I don't know how much you know about the um, the prototypes for Resident Evil 4 now there's three notable ones there was the fog version um, which was a very early one there was an action heavy version which actually turned into Devil May Cry and right. which is on the list the fin- yeah which is on the list as well which, which really says that I think Capcom was firing on all cylinders at this time they yeah. were doing really well uh, and the final version was the hookman version and that version looked really cool I mean you can still see footage footage of that on YouTube and it looks graphically even better than the version that we got um, but probably because it was more Lilia and um, smaller scope and it had the pre-render backgrounds um now what we ended up getting was obviously really cool and I... Didn't play it immediately upon release. Didn't get the GameCube version, um, but when it came to PS2, which was not long afterwards, I remember. I think I sold Scarface. The world is yours. Yeah, I used to have like that. I had
0: that for a while.
1: And I had a, I had a bit of money from from that, so I got the PS2 version of Resident Evil Four um, in the steel case, which was really cool. Yeah, and um, I think. I tried it a couple of times, but then one time I just pushed myself, and I remember it came with this um, Prima guide for the first chapter, which takes you up until, I think, just after the lake boss? Yeah. And I used that religiously at the time to help me get through that first chapter, but after that, it was enough to hook me, so I just carried on and um, scoured the environments for all the items, and I loved it i adored it at the time and i would have considered it for a very long time to be in my top 10 games ever mm-hmm. um, that's the impact that this had on me well and... you,
0: you even had a leon kennedy coat at university didn't you
1: <laughs> i had a coat that resembled <laughs> leon kennedy and... oh Always said it was your leon <laughs> coat and we had um we had a joke with One of our other friends who also like Resident Evil 4, and he always used to ask me where that coat was, and I said I stole it from Leon for Resident (laughs) Evil 4. Inside jokes, how funny they are.
0: (laughs) Lifetime ago. Yeah,
1: so so I've got um, a lot of history with this game. So I was really... I've played it since then, um, but I've probably not played it for about five years at least. Um, So it's been a while since I've gone back to it, and I was intrigued to see if for me this still held up how much nostalgia would play a part in me playing the game and whether it would still be in the top 100 whether it would still be in the top 10 so i was really intrigued um, going back to this game mm. um so what version did you play
0: i was going to play it on the ps4 because i've already got it on there but i've been traveling around quite a bit over the past couple of weeks with work so i thought it would be best to just grab it on the switch Because then I can actually take it with me and make some progress on it. So I played through this time on the Switch. I've got it on PS4, but I just thought, better to play it portably. And then I can connect it up to the TV when I've got time and when I'm home. So yeah, which was interesting. Uh, I wasn't sure how I'd fare with it on a portable device. But yeah, it was interesting. What about you?
1: I also played it on the Switch. Um, I've bought it countless times on countless consoles. Had it on the PS3. Um I think I've still got the GameCube version. I bought that afterwards because that was actually superior to the PS2 version, had better graphics. Well, and
0: R- Resident Evil 4 is one of those games that's come out on everything, isn't it? It's literally It's been re-released so many times you could probably play it on a toaster. It's been released uh, re-released that much, you know what I mean? It's It's, it's there's, the, there's
1: the there's the mobile version. I don't know if you've seen any footage of it. No. there's like a, a low-res mobile version that they released which Looks barely functional. So that's yeah, quite interesting. I don't interesting. think I would
0: have wanted to play that. I mean, going, playing through GTA <laughs> 3 on the iPad was bad enough. I don't think I could have played uh, Resi on a mobile with those controls. I think it would have driven me to insanity.
1: Yeah, it's a game that I think needs a lot of control inputs, and I think it would really suffer without those. Um, yeah, I played it on. I played it on the Switch, and I think um, differently to you, I played mostly in um, dock woman. mode.
0: Yeah. Oh, you played dock mode, did you?
1: Yeah, I played mainly in docked mode, and I played with my pro controller, and that controller is just great and just worked really well here. Um, I did play um, briefly in portable mode. Um, obviously, portable mode's harder with the analog sticks being closer to the uh, the they inset more, aren't they? So there's there's not as much room to manoeuvre them, so so they're a bit fiddly sometimes. Yeah, I mean, um,
0: I, I played the first kind of hour in docked mode, and then I played probably about four four or five in portable and then when i absolutely blitzed it when i completed it yesterday i think i played for about six hours yesterday just to get through to the end uh that was all in doctor mode so i've had kind of the best of both worlds with it i suppose and what was your preferred method of playing doctor mode um it's, it's one of those games and it's why i was a little bit dubious about getting it on the switch to begin with because i wasn't sure how i'd fare with it being portable and it worked perfectly well in portable mode. I didn't have any problems with it, but it's it's not the same as playing something like, I don't know, Mario or another Nintendo game that you can play in portable mode, and it's designed to be... Well, not designed to be played in portable, but it, it seems to fit a lot more. I didn't think Resident Evil would fit that mould, but it, it did. But I think, overall, it, it's better in docked. It's better on a TV.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think it looks really nice in portable mode. Yeah. I think... The, uh, the, the, the graphics hold up better in portable than in docked
0: yeah, because
1: definitely. those those resolutions blown up to I think it's 900p on the Switch um, they don't hold up very well in dock mode but yeah I know what you're saying, this is a big game it depends how big your
0: TV is as well doesn't it because obviously yeah. if you've got a bigger TV the stretch is bigger and sometimes with some games it can look a lot better but for games like this maybe not so much but it looked fine
1: yeah, it, it looks fine. And I think it just require for you to get really sucked in. I don't know, maybe, maybe some people, I think a lot of people who played the game before really like the portability of um, the Switch version. Yeah. But yeah, I prefer playing in dock mode. I think it's just really immersive. Yeah, it's one of those games dock that, mode.
0: That, that works better in docked, I think.
1: Yeah. Okay, so challenge for you can you um, give us the plot of the game as quickly as you can?
0: Yeah, okay, so Leon Kennedy, who is ex-Raccoon City Police Department, has gone into a different line of work where he's working directly for the President of the United States. The President's daughter, called Ashley, has been kidnapped by like a cult or something, and you're led to believe it's somewhere in Europe, um, maybe somewhere like Spanish or Portuguese or something like that. Um, And you were sent to a village to go and extract Ashley and bring her home. But along the way, a leader of this cult called Sadler has these plans where he injects Ashley and with Leon with a parasite. And along with uh, Sadler, along with his friends Rasputin and Napoleon, cause you lots of troubles along the way. And you have to cure the parasite inside Ashley and inside Leon, kill Sadler stop kind of this infection spreading even further and jet ski to freedom. That's pretty much it, I think.
1: And what's the reasoning for them kidnapping the president's daughter? Um, Do you remember that?
0: Is it to basically t- not take over the world, but to infect the rest of the US with the parasite so then they can yeah, kind of yeah. go to world domination? Was it along those lines?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember there was they, they dropped... Um, this thing about the US being in control of everything. So they came up with this plan to take the president's daughter um, so that she could go back and infect the three heads of the three key areas in the US yeah. so that they could take over the US. And I thought, this is a really convoluted way of saying, oh, we're just going to um, take power from the US. <laughs> I yeah. thought it's such a cliched thing. But yeah, I found it really funny. Um, And what did
0: you think of the dialogue? It's, I, I I kind of, we'll probably get into this a little bit later. But obviously, this is classed as a survival horror game to some extent, and even though it is that, I would call it quite a campy game. And yeah, you've, and I I mean, I've watched videos on Resident Evil before, uh, Resident Evil Four in the past, and I've always known that the dialogue in this game is very campy, with, um. Like, is it? I think it's Salazar or Salazar or whatever his name is, Napoleon, um, (laughs) saying something about his right hand missing. And Leon's like, Your right hand comes off. And (laughs) Sadler at one point says um, something about Leon being small time or something small time. And Leon's just like, No, you're small time. And it's very. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's very on the nose. It's quite similar to the campiness of Metal Gear Solid 3, I'd say. Um, yeah. And, I, I mean, if you're going into this game expecting something very scary and very serious dialogue, then you're going to be sorely disappointed because it is very much, um, I wouldn't say a laugh a minute, but, you know, quips and little phrases being thrown out here, there and everywhere, particularly by Leon.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a Jim Sterling video on Resident Evil 4 where he... Celebrates the game for being the last Resident Evil that had a sense of humour.
0: Yeah,
1: and it definitely, despite I mean, there's some terrible, terrible dialogue. Oh yeah, um, like when Luis me- meets Ashley, that makes me cringe. Oh yeah, yeah uh, in yeah, yeah. this he's day and forward, age, forward isn't
0: he? Did, did, yeah, does he make uh, a comment he's... about her boobs or something?
1: Yeah, yeah no, it was, it? it was like, and it, and I thought. Okay, that doesn't <laughs> that, that 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 wouldn't fly in 2020. Yeah, it's a game of its
0: time, <laughs> isn't it? And even though you can kind of sugarcoat it and say it is a game of its time, you kind of have to look back on stuff like that and be like, oh, it's a little problematic that those were the lines. And like yeah. you say, when you look back on it now, in 2020 and beyond, you look back and you're like, it's a bit cringy.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's a line that makes me cringe, and it's a line I've watched a few videos about Resi 4. Um, in the lead up to this um, episode, and everyone mentions that line because it sticks out, and all the other lines are harmless, but that that line, yeah, is is cringy. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's got a charm. Yeah, and it is charming, and and Leon's likable in his uh, in his campiness, and uh, what Jim Sterling says is that later renditions of Leon lost some of that charm, which I think is a, a valid point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can't say, because as far as I know, you only play as Leon in Resident Evil 2, 4 and 6, is that right? Yeah,
1: that's it, yeah. Um, Um, I mean, there may be some spin-offs that you play as him, but yeah, they're they're the mainline titles.
0: Yeah, and I know that Leon really is kind of like a a franchise favourite, isn't he? Above people like like Chris Redfield, who I know is popular. Um, but he's he's the person that you know when like if if someone were to say Resident Evil to me before playing this, I'd immediately think of Leon, um, and maybe Albert Wesker. That that's about it, and that uh, Mr X maybe as well. But I think Leon is kind of the face of Resident Evil. You know,
1: I think he's been in some of the best games, and two and four. I've heard two known really as. Good. Some of the- yeah, and then you've got the remake of 2 as well. Mm. Um, let's not mention 6.
0: <laughs> no, I've heard 6 uh, isn't good. And I mean, I've watched gameplay of 5 um, and it didn't look like it would be anything of interest to me. I mean, I've watched co-op play of it with my mates Greg and Joe playing through it and eh, not for me.
1: Yeah, I think I think we'll get on to that conversation because I think there's, there's a point that you make there and I think I agree with you and... We'll talk about action versus versus horror at some point in the episode. Yeah. Um, so, the opening. Um, do you want to give us a rundown of your, your opening with this game and, and how it made you feel?
0: Uh, I think I sent you about seven voice notes, didn't I? Um, within the first 30 minutes of this game. Because, again, I'd not, I'd not played this game before ever. And I knew that the control scheme for Resident Evil can be quite hard for beginners who'd never played it before. And I got into the village where you take on, it's probably about 15 of the villagers, would you say? About 15? Yes,
1: kill 14 to get the bell to ring.
0: Yeah. So it's quite a lot of people and there aren't really any major um, tricks you can use to kind of get them down. You just kind of got to work it out yourself and it doesn't really give you any indication to how best to take them down. I knew going into it, beforehand to not go up and get the shotgun at first because that would make the chainsaw guy come up which would make my life a lot more difficult so I didn't do that but I think I probably died about eight or nine times in a row and this is 20 minutes into the game and I was almost ready to throw the towel in because I was like I just can't play this game I don't I can't imagine playing this game for I think my final runtime was 16 hours I can't imagine doing this game with this control scheme with this shooting and this movement for 16 hours, it'll kill me. And then eventually I did manage to work it out and managed to kind of make the game play the way that would work well for me. But yeah, this, this game isn't beginner friendly at all. No, and <laughs> that's what I wanted to say.
1: It throws you in at the deep end and you've got that kind of initial run up to the village and then the village mm. is just hectic and it's pure survival stuff. Because you don't know you have to kill 14. Um, back in 2005, you didn't know that. No. So well, I mean. you're just fighting them off.
0: The, the, the first few times that I did it, I was just trying to shoot them all. And then I kind of got it into my head. I was like, okay, we'll shoot, shoot them in the leg. And then they'll go down and you can kick them. And then that'll help spread them out a bit. And you can knife some of them. And it'll be a bit easier. But I think by the time um, it got to my last run where I, where I did it, I was quite close to death and I killed the last one I was like thank Christ for that <laughs> I don't i uh, back and done it again I thought
1: I thought, um, I thought when, when, you, when you sent me that message I thought you were going to hate this game and I was hoping that you'd uh, obviously give it another chance which you did um, but yeah I, th- I thought you weren't going to enjoy this game at all so I thought I so it'd be well,
0: to be fair um, I thought it was going
1: to be a very different conversation come the uh, the discussion on the, mm. the podcast I think um, I think the intro is, as you say, it's not user-friendly at all. It does drop you straight into it. I can imagine that lots of people um, fell off at that initial village section. And I want to also praise the opening, though, because Resident Evil is a, is a series that's known for being set at night time. So you've got 1, 2, and 3 all set during the night time. Yeah. You've got Resident Evil 4 that comes in, and it's the afternoon. And you're not in a city, you're not in a mansion, you're just out in the countryside. And it kind of subverts completely what horror can be. And It's very red Those it's open- very
0: grey, isn't it? Um, the afternoon yeah. sector. But you're right, it is very different to other kind of um intros obviously resi one you've got the spencer mansion and then two it's the city and then the raccoon city police department isn't it and i don't know yeah. anything about three or a zero
1: yeah i've never played three um i need to play three at some point but um yeah so you so you, you kind of you're lumped into this countryside setting in the afternoon and you've got a couple of policemen with you who are useless but it does a really nice job of building um, you've got the shot of the Ganado from inside the house and you walk up to the house and have a conversation with him. He picks up an axe, swings it at you. You take him out and Leon makes a comment um, about him not being a zombie. Yeah. And that's the thing about this game. There are no zombies in this game. No, it's, The Ganados it's are far smarter than zombies. It? Yeah, and the AI is much better they will ruthlessly attack you. They will keep coming at you. They will use tactics. They will speak to each other. They will climb ladders. They will um, reset ladders if you knock ladders down. Yeah. They'll climb through windows. Um, if you climb up the tower, they'll use grenades to flush you out. Um, <laughs> they're, they're they're smart, especially for the time and for the series, they're unexpectedly smart. And I think the village section really does a good job of, of showing that. Um, I love the village section because it's like a little playground you've got um, windows to climb through you've got ladders you've got um, furniture you can push in front of doors you've got the tower if you dare go into it you've got lots of little avenues that you can use um, and i just think the game doesn't get any better than this village section uh, in terms of the mechanics and the design of it yes it's throwing tons at you straight away but i bet you if you went back to that village section having completed the game you'd have a lot easier time with it
0: oh yeah definitely i'd know how to do it now but i remember you were quite surprised because i probably got about two or three hours into the game didn't i and i didn't have the shotgun whereas most people pick it up in (laughs) the uh, in the first run through of the the first section i just didn't know it was there so i'd got about three hours in with just the pistol and you were like Yeah. yeah you should probably go back and get that it'll make your life a lot easier
1: I don't know how you'd have got through the game without the shotgun just using no the pistol.
0: No way. It wouldn't have been possible, I don't think.
1: Especially the castle section, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah, I just think the design is, is fantastic in that opening section, and I think it struggles to maintain that level of design. But let's move on to our ever-present section, gameplay is king. So I want to ask you, do you think this game is fun?
0: Yeah, I think so. I I didn't expect to say that when I started playing this game. Like you say, you're expecting a different conversation with me. But yeah, I'd say it's fun. It's, like we say, it's not beginner friendly. And it takes some real getting used to. And I remember sending a voice note to my mate Greg, who loves the Resi games. And I said, mate, this is the worst game I've ever played. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was probably when I was about three hours in. And it, 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 it did grow on me. I mean, I said to you yesterday that I felt it went on a bit too long. Um, I think it could have ended about two or three hours earlier. It's a long game. It is a long game game. and it goes on. And I mean, yesterday, like I said, I played it for six hours and by the time I finished, I was sick of it. I was like, I'm so glad that this is done. But overall, there there are sections that are incredibly frustrating and it's been a very, very long time since I've been playing a game and I've been swearing at the TV because something's gone wrong. And that happened probably about three or four times playing this game. So it's frustrating, but it shows that I was invested, I suppose. So, yeah. It, yeah, it it's fun. I'd say it's fun. It's enjoyable once you get over that initial shock of the controls and how it moves. Once you're used to that, it it's enjoyable for the most part.
1: Yeah, I think at some point, because I had to get used to the controls again, because I'd forgotten what it controlled like. And it actually... The newer versions control slightly different to the original versions. Um, I remember you use, like, you hold R2 and maybe X or square to fire or to use your weapon. Um, which at the time was worked fine, but obviously we're used to using the triggers yeah. to fire. Um, so, if, so I had to get used to it as well. But I think when it clicks, I would say that the system... It's really fair and really balanced. Um, it's a game about creating space. So everything that you've... All the moves in your arsenal are to create space around you. So you shoot Ganados in the leg. And as you say, you can do the kick. And the kick can clear out other Ganados. You've got the suplex if they drop to their knees. Yeah. Um, you've got your shotguns to create space. You've got some of your, your more high-powered weapons to create space. If you get a headshot, it staggers them. Um, I just love all the intricacies, and and they took it a bit too far with the following games, but the earlier games didn't have any of those nuances that you could use. So it's a lot more arcade in that way. But I think it's got a really nice little system of basically creating space, using weapons, using the environment to your advantage. Um, it's got enemies that challenge you to uh, think a bit differently, like... Um my favourite, the regenerators and you've got the shield guys. Yeah, the shield guys. Um, it,
0: it, it it can get very stressful the the yeah. game. And I remember you talking to me about the water room and I didn't really know what it was oh. until I was there. Yeah. And that room can get quite stressful, especially if you're yeah. running low on ammo and depending what guns you've got as well. <laughs> if you haven't got the right yeah. guns in that section, you're gonna struggle big time. Yeah. But
1: My problem with the water room. As opposed to the opening area where you've got lots of elements at play, you've got lots of rooms and stuff, obstacles that you can use to your advantage to slow down the Ganados. In the water room, you face off, it's between 30 and 40 enemies in a single room, it's a very big room, um, but you've got things that you have to do, so you have to um, wind a lever to gain access to the upper area of the room, and then you have to To protect Ashley. Ashley. Yeah, she raises some platforms, also winding levers, and to me, it's just a very flat area. There's not much fun design that you can use against the enemies, and it becomes a complete slog. Well, Um,
0: I mean, I agree with you, but there was a portion of the game that I felt suffered from that to a lot higher degree and made me really frustrated and made me lose my temper a little bit which is the bit right at the end when you're approaching the um i think it's approaching the final bit when the helicopter comes in to give you backup
1: oh yeah you've
0: got the sections with the guys on the turrets and that bit oh man it did my head in and is i it, found is, that it, a is a the bit frustrating
1: with, is this the bit where you've got like loads of different rooms and you've got um You've got to press buttons to open sections. And, yeah, there's a guy with a, a minigun, and there's a, a ton of enemies.
0: Yeah, and in, in the last section, there's um, probably about three guys on turrets. And th- there's no particular kind of trigger. Oh, I know I, what you mean. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there's yeah. no particular trigger that I could work out that made the helicopter take out the guys on the turrets. He just kind of did it randomly. and Yeah, it's oh, a timed thing,
1: in. so... It it takes basically it does sweeps and once once it's uh, done a sweep it will come back and do another sweep but it has to get the right angle on the turrets I think yeah um, I mean I, I'd out. much
0: rather play that um, I'd much rather play the water room again than that section that section was horrendous I hated it
1: see I didn't mind it so much but I see that as an action set piece it's a pure action set piece yeah. there's no there's no horror involved no not um so. and it's and it and it's building to that final crescendo but yeah I mean. I think after the castle, I just kind of felt relieved to be done with the castle. So everything after that, I I enjoyed a bit more. Um, But yeah, I agree. Um, I think at times when it relies too heavily on combat, it can get a bit tiresome. Even though I think what saves it in those sections is that the combat is really good for me. I really enjoy the combat, but... I can understand, it, it does get, I mean, it got tedious for me, I got to the upper floor in the water room, <laughs> I told you, and one of the Ganados was, uh, I don't think, I think he spawned after I'd gone up there, and he ran upstairs, and opened the door, and I shot him in the head, and he had one of the, uh, parasites. the parasites in his head, and it was one of the, I think it was one of the knife parasites, the ones that have the really wide arcs, and he killed Ashley, so... <laughs> i was i was furious by this point i had to start the whole room again and i was thinking why is there not a checkpoint there just have a checkpoint there
0: yeah i had i had a similar thing with um those guys that have the parasites that come out but it was on the um it's when you go into the tower when you throw the um the knife a little napoleon's hand and he goes up in the lift yeah. and then you're going up in the elevator and um three guys at a time they all jump on and, yeah and oh, that I didn't like I, that either. Yeah, I, I did that about three times because the first two times I did it, and I just got one shot, uh, one shotted by the guy when a parasite came out and just killed me in one hit. Which I'm not a big fan of one hit kills in games, it always feels very cheap and it always feels a little bit unfair. Um, same with the chainsaw guys, but luckily I, I wasn't ever killed by a chainsaw guy, but I, I'm not huge on one hit kills in games. And I that... mean,
1: those those guys don't actually one hit you. They t- they take a huge chunk of life, um, but they. I think if you've got a completely full health meter, you You're can probably... probably take about three hits from them. Um, yeah. Whereas the chainsaw guy, whatever your health is, an automatic one hit kill.
0: Well, that also makes me think of another element of the gameplay that I didn't like, which I told you yesterday, which was the quick time events. I'm yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of quick time events in games. Um, I think over the past 10 years we've gone through a, a, a kind of a, a trend of them being in quite a lot of games and before that they weren't in very many and obviously Resi came out in 2005 so it was one of the few that had them back in the day but th- there'd be times where I'd just finished playing like a really stressful bit I was like right okay watch the cutscene put my controller down and then no quick time event I oh, didn't do it fast enough because your controller is down you're dead and you've got to watch the cliff again it, Yeah, like it, it wasn't problematic, but it was a little bit annoying.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I and I, I do, I mean, I know that a lot of people have echoed that sentiment. Um, Cutscenes came around like Shenmue, I think that was the earliest game that I can remember. No, no. Uh, quick Time Events yeah. came around then and then you got, yeah, you had a few games using them. Now, Resi 4 was one of the earlier games to incorporate them. Yeah. And I remember at the time I thought this is so cool because you can. It's like you're interacting with a cutscene, and yeah. I especially like the the knife fight with Krauser because you've got really good am- animation for combat, and uh, you you you're basically doing a quick time event where you're fighting him with a knife. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time you meet him, and I think that's really cool. But yeah, I completely understand. And if I see a 2020 game, um, a trailer for it, and they're uh, showing off quick time events, I remember that the. That Spider Man uh, before release that showed a lot of quick time events and people criticised it for it mm. because yeah I feel like uh, we need to find new ways of doing cutscenes and to, to me, uh, to telling you, the story.
0: I'm perfectly okay with not being involved in a cutscene. I'm quite happy just watching stuff, especially with how good games look these days. It's like watching a little film. You know, it's um yeah. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be happy if there were no more quick time events in games. You
1: mentioned another game um, earlier on, which was Metal Gear Solid 3. I actually think that Resident Evil 4 reminds me a lot of Metal Gear Solid 3 in terms of you've got really well-animated cutscenes. You've got this long journey of an adventure. And what I mean by that is when you get towards the end of the village, if you are on on the cable cars, if you look up to the right, you can see this huge castle looming and you think... Okay, I'm going, I'm going there soon, aren't I? Yeah, and then um, when you when, when you first get to the island, if you look back around you, you can see the shadow of the castle in the distance, and it feels like this long journey interspersed with cutscenes, and it's like like you said, it's got the campiness of Metal Gear Solid Three. Yeah. So at times it reminds me of that, and um, for me that's only a good comparison. It well, can only be a good comparison.
0: I made the um. I, I I thought yesterday when I was playing it and I, I told you that I think the guy that does the voice of Krauser is the same guy that voices Colonel Volgin in MGS3 I'm not sure, I didn't right. look it up but they sound very similar so it wouldn't surprise me if they were the same voice actor and as well as that, I have a feeling, and I could be wrong that the guy that voices Sadler is a guy that voices one of the um just one of the guards in MGS2, I, again I could be wrong but he sounded very similar when he said certain things to, um, it just made me immediately think of like particular phrases that particular guard said in MGS two. So I don't know if yeah. that's the case. I probably need to look it up, but I have a probably feeling is. that you've got some MGS two and three, uh, veterans in this game.
1: I think all those voice actors from around then did the rounds. Yeah, absolutely. In many, many games. Um, so did you have a favourite move um, or a favourite action or a favourite weapon, um, anything like that?
0: I'd say probably my favourite weapon. I, I don't didn't really have a favourite move because you had the knife and you had kicks or suplexes or whatever. But in terms of weapons, there was a bit of variety there. So I'd probably say the mine launcher. Um, I had that for a majority of my journey through the game, which came in really handy at certain points. The shotgun as well i thought it was quite good especially when you leveled it up
1: but that's interesting because i've never i've never really used the mine launcher oh, have you not um, i've seen it being used and i know that it's uh it can be really effective it's it's, it's kind of like a delayed grenade launcher isn't it
0: yeah it's really really handy for some sections like some sections where i would be like okay this bit's going to be problematic i'll just get the mine launcher out shoot a couple off and i'll be all right um yeah so if you never played this game and you're wondering what weapons you should use. Um, I only used about four or five weapons throughout the whole game. I didn't really, you know, change them up that much. But the mine launcher was a favourite, as well as the, um, is it called the red, the red two or something, or the red six?
1: Oh yeah, so like the Pistol. handgun looks
0: looks a bit like a Mauser. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd say the shotgun and the mine launcher. What about you?
1: I mean, I. I... Whenever I play this, I always stick to the same weapons. It's just the way I play. Yeah. So I've always got the pistol, which I end up obviously getting the best pistol. The normal hanger. Which is the, uh, uh no, no, no. yeah, the 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 black something. Black. Is
0: black the, butterfly. No, 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 no. The, the butterfly is the
1: broken. No. butterfly, Which is the
0: revolver. Yeah, isn't the it? broken butterfly. I, um, I know what hunting, you really
1: mean. But, no. It's basically the, the most high-powered pistol. Yeah. Then you've got the striker, which is the highest-powered yeah, shotgun. shotgun, and. Then I use the rifle, the automatic rifle, which is like my best friend. Because similar to the way that you use the mine launcher to clear out enemies. Yeah, I use the rifle just to go for headshots. And then it's much more enjoyable to go in and and clear up all the the strays. And my favourite, absolute favourite, are the magnums. Um, (laughs) So there's a trick that you can do with upgrading your weapons. That if you are down to, say, one ammunition and... With magnums, you don't get much ammunition anyway. No. Um, if you're down to one ammunition, but you upgrade the capacity, you've suddenly got a full round uh, again. full clip, yeah. So what I, what I always did with my magnums was got them down to one round and then did the capacity trick and got a full round out of them. So by the end of the game, I was carrying two broken butterflies with full ammunition and a killer seven, which is the even more powerful magnum, with full ammunition. I just love the magnums. I just... They're so powerful. They don't have much ammunition and you can't find much ammunition for them, which is why you have to use tricks to get it. Yeah, um, but
0: it's the, it's the same with the revolver, isn't it? The Broken Butterfly, there isn't much ammo there. Yeah. But if you upgrade it, I mean, when it came to fighting um, Salazar, Little Napoleon, um, I was using the shotgun to shoot the eye to make him open up. And then I just put six rounds of the revolver into him because that gave quite a lot of damage. I only had to do that two or three times before he was down. So it's a really handy weapon to have, because it's so powerful. And same with the Magnums and the other one you said. I didn't use them, but I saw on there, like, power rating or whatever, they were high.
1: Oh, yeah, the Killer7 starts off on 25, and only goes up from there. Yeah, super powerful. Um, Which brings me on to something that I don't think I've seen another game top, um which is the upgrading of weapons. I love uh, there's so many things that I love about this. Um got some you've good got,
0: things on sale, stranger.
1: Yeah, I mean the merchant is is brilliant. The way so that weird. they've got this shop about it it's it is and it's 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 just I can't think of another game that's done. I mean, I saw someone comp- comparing it to Drebin in yeah. MGS four, which is kind of similar actually. Somewhat. Um So it's just so much more interesting than having a shop screen, which so many games do. But you've got this this strange, enigmatic um, merchant who is clearly a Ganado because at night his eyes glow red. Yeah, red, aren't they? And he's creepy at times, (laughs) and he's got this huge arsenal of weapons, and you can sell things to him, you can collect treasures in this game, and treasures can be hidden all over the place. Um, they can be caught in the wall, caught in the ceiling. Um, they're sometimes above wells and you have to shoot the the lid of the world down. And then you shoot the treasure on top of it, drops onto the well, and then you pick it up. It's The game's just full of treasure that you can sell. And then there's some treasures where you put different gems into it and you can sell it for more. Yes. Um, and then obviously you've got the buying screen where you can buy all your weapons. You can buy treasure maps. Um, you can buy First like uh, body armor and... Yeah, and then you've got the upgrade screen, which is my favourite, and picking your weapon and upgrading it. That's what I number most money, one, money on. I did. And you can see a tangible upgrade in each of these weapons. Yeah. Like, you can feel that magnum getting more powerful as you funnel more uh, points into it. And I don't know if you got this to this point, but if you fill out a weapon's stats, you get one extra stat, which boosts one particular stat massively. Um so it could be that you've got a rifle and you do the, you, you do all the stats and you might get a capacity stat at the end which doubles its ammo or something. Um no, so it really wants you to it's really cool and, and like there's I know that the one for the punisher which is the early handgun that you get for get, for shooting the blue medallions. Yeah. Um if you upgrade that to the max the extra stat for that is the ability to shoot through three people. Oh nice. So yeah, it just gives it a penetrating shot basically. Yeah. Um so I I just I've every every game that has an upgrade system for me it's always compared to this one because it's not just the system itself but it's how good these guns feel to fire. I just love this aspect of it and I want a game to come along and do better but I don't think, I've not seen anything come close so far.
0: No, I like the Merchant. So I wanted
1: to give, yeah, and I wanted to give props to that because, again, it's this idea, because Jim Sterling said it, the Merchant wouldn't appear in later Resident Evil games because they took themselves so seriously. Yeah. But here, he's front and center. he's there all the time. Whenever you see him, it's a relief. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I think that's great. Um, We talked a bit about the graphics um I think the art style of this game's really good. I still think it's a nice looking game um because the character models look nice and I love how dirty everything looks. Yeah. I think what's really good about it, I mean the textures like we say don't hold up, but you still get the impression of this really detailed place that is just full of atmosphere. I mean um
0: the the, the thing that I find with um Games of this generation, kind of mid-noughties games, they all look quite similar. You know, their the character designs usually not too far from each other. Their environments are usually quite quite samey. So you can look at a game and a character model and be like, yeah, that probably came out about two thousand five, two thousand six. But yeah, a lot of them, like with this game, they kind of deviate a little bit from the standard because each game would do that. Because if every game looked the same, then it would be awful. Um, and like you say, the, the the locations and the map design and kind of the areas that you're moving through are all very particular, and they're all designed very well. And I know that you don't really like the castle. I quite enjoyed the castle overall. I thought the castle was all right.
1: I like the aesthetic of it. I just I think the design of it is where the game's at its weakest.
0: I quite I quite like the castle. I preferred the castle to the island.
1: I just love the regenerators. I think they're so creepy. They are weird. Yeah. Like the sound that they make, that...
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just great. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think this is a game where you, you you put a screenshot of Resi 4 and someone would know automatically yeah. that it's Resi 4. Yeah, you show that video. And it's got so if like,
0: Everyone's going to know it's Resi 4 if they know video games.
1: Yeah. And it's got like this film grain over it as well. Yes. And I, And I saw someone compare it. They said like with the textures not being as great as they once were um it kind of looks like a set of one of these old like 50s horror films yeah so I'll even now it's uh it still kind of works even though the textures are blown out and not as good as they once were
0: yeah
1: okay so i'm going to i'm going to pose this to you as the question of the week Go on. Um, we'll have an extension of this in a second as well, but how scary is Resident Evil Four?
0: It's not scary at all. It's got a, it's got a couple of jump scares in there that kind of took me back a little bit. I remember walking through the labs and um someone falling out of the uh, the out of a I don't even know what to call it. it looked like a fridge. He uh, goes and falls out of the fridge and he's on fire. That made me jump a little bit, but it it isn't scary. I mean the the lake monster. I thought was gonna creep me out a little bit, so I always thought it was a massive snake, but it wasn't. Because I've got a huge fear of snakes, but no, it was fine. There's a few areas that would be like, oh, that's a bit weird, but it's not a scary game at all. I mean, if if you're looking at different horror, like survival horror games, then I think Silent Hill is a lot scarier than this game and yeah. scarier than Resident Evil. It's more. Like I say, more tongue in cheek. It's a survival horror skin over quite a campy game. Not scary. What about you? Yeah, I just just
1: wanted to ask what what if there's a feeling that this game evokes from you. What is that feeling?
0: Um, that's an interesting question. Because it doesn't have to be fear. No, but, but maybe obviously that maybe, the, maybe uh, solitude to some extent when the the sections where you don't have Ashley with you. Uh, you know when she's not going leah then it's quite a lonely game and there is an overall sense of foreboding I think which the environments give off but it isn't the same as scary those are two very different things Um, so if you were to kind of corner me and say which one I'd say it's got a sense of foreboding about it but not a classic horror element of foreboding
1: I'm glad you said solitude there because the thing that originally made this game click with me is after the late monster, Leon gets knocked out, basically. He he passes out and he wakes up and you're in this little hut and it's safe and you get a call from Hunigan and there's this storm beating down outside and that was the first time back in probably 2006 it was at the time. That this game clicked with me and i thought this is so cool you're on your own there's this storm around you you're in the middle of rural europe and it, i don't know there's just something about it the sound effects and when you when you get to a safe space and you got the really calming music there is a sense of, of uh, solitude there yeah um at times, it can be a really peaceful, satisfying game when you've cleared a room and you're collecting things. Yes. Um, And at the opposite end, I'd say the thing that I would use to describe the encounters, because I agree, I don't think it's scary. No. Um, the the only thing that I ever found scary in this game was the regenerators. I used to be really creeped out by that sound that they made, and I used to creep around the corners to shoot them. Um, This was when I first played yeah. it. But this time... Um, I think I've become a lot more yeah. I, I don't know um, I just these things don't really bother me anymore You're So are running around with my <laughs> yeah I was just running around with my rifle just just casually blasting at yeah. the uh, regenerators but I still find them creepy I mean the sound yeah, they that are. they make is uh, I think they're really well designed um, but yeah it's, it's not a scary game but I think I'm um, just trying to think of the word you used the word earlier which was stressful it can be definitely be stressful. Yeah. Um Maybe. I think it's more intense. Yeah. Than, than scary. It's that's like... the word I would use.
0: Do, do you remember? Oh, was it with you? I can't remember if it was with you. Um. Oh, there's that horror film that came out, probably about eight or nine years ago, and it's a about... boy. What's that? The boy. No, it's definitely not the boy. We, we we both have feelings on that film, and it's bad. That's a bad film. What's that little boy's name? Brahms. Brahms, that's it. Little boy Brahms. Um, yeah. No, I, is it The Evil Dead, the remake, where yeah, they go yeah. into the forest and the girl gets... Um, that was me, yeah. Yeah, and do, do you remember we came out of that film and I said it was probably the most intense film I'd ever watched. It wasn't scary. yeah but it was just like it didn't let up. And I walked out of that film feeling a little bit exhausted. because I was like, it just didn't stop. And is isn't exactly the same for Resident Evil 4, but I think there are definitely moments where you're just like, okay, a little bit of respite now. We can chill out. Because a a lot of the times it can just be smacking you in the face with intensity for 10, 15 minutes at a time.
1: That's a good example as well. That that film, I, I said that, yeah, it was you get to a certain point in that film where it is just nonstop. And every time you think it's reached a crescendo, it carries on and it, and it piles onto it. And yeah, I found that film not scary at all, but just stressful Mm. to, to watch. And I think the difference with Resi four is it does have those moments of respite, which are really satisfying. Um, I mean, I played, I told you I played Bloodborne recently. Yeah. I think that's the feeling... I I, I realised this early on when I was playing Resi 4. The feeling I get playing Resi 4 is amplified in Bloodborne. So that feeling of stress times about 100 in Bloodborne. Um, But Bloodborne doesn't do the reward as well. It doesn't have those moments of solitude between. And I thought Bloodborne was great. But um, I think there's something really satisfying about Resi 4. Collecting the treasure, clearing rooms... And those moments of quiet which you get, um, there's something really powerful about them. And I think that's why it's held up today. Because I don't think many games know how to do quiet between. No. no. And I think it's something really powerful about the game. Okay, so I just want to, as it's as it's Halloween on Saturday, um, any horror games that you want to give a shout out to?
0: I've never really been a big horror game person, and I know you've always been into horror a bit more than I have because you quite enjoy horror films and stuff. I mean, the first thing that would ever come to my head when I think of horror games would be Silent Hill. And I've only ever played the first Silent Hill. I've never played Silent Hill 2, and I know that that's uh, a fan favourite, and a lot of people say it's one of the best ones. And I've always found Silent Hill to be a bit creepier than games like Resident Evil... And even though I'd not played Resident Evil before, I think Silent Hill, there's something a lot more... What's the word I'm looking for? It's very... You can't see I find- in Silent Hill. Silent Hill is very uh, much more mental. That, yeah, you know, you go into exactly. the school and you see something, uh, like some blood pouring out of a locker and you don't know what's in there and you open it up and it's a cat and it runs away. And... I think the kind of horror that I find scary is the stuff that you can't see and it makes you think because it's like the very classic idea of, like, people aren't afraid of the dark. They're afraid of what might be in it. And yeah, I think Silent Hill has always done that, whereas Resident Evil has always been more of a... Yeah, it's zombies and it's a bit intense. Yeah. And, you know, Re- uh, Resi 2, you've got Mr. X following you around... Um, the police department—it's intense, but it isn't scary, or, or it is, but yeah. it's a different kind of scary. And that also goes for PT. I personally think that that is the scariest game that I've ever played, even though it's only a teaser. Did you play PT?
1: Yeah, I played it briefly with you. It was didn't 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 last long.
0: <laughs> no, it's. It's it's such a shame that that was cancelled. For, for those who don't know what PT is, it stands for Playable Teaser. And it was put together by Hideo Kojima of Metal Gear Solid fame and the film director Guillermo del Toro. And it starred Norman Reedus. And anyone who knows, kind of the game industry knows, that Hideo Kojima and Norman Reedus teamed up to make Death Stranding. It's stranding or standing? Stranding, isn't it?
1: Death Stranding. Yeah. Yeah. Which also featured Guillermo del Toro. Yeah,
0: he's in it as well, isn't he? Yeah. And P.T. came out in 2014 from Konami, but it was around the time that Hideo Kojima and Konami were kind of parting ways, and everything was a bit messy after, or up to the release of Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, which we'll cover in the future on this podcast. And P.T., is basically a reboot of silent hill and when you complete pt it comes up as a teaser for silent hills and you can't play it anymore unfortunately they took it off the playstation store and now i know that playstation 4 consoles sell for quite a lot of money with pt still installed on the hard drive because you just can't get it anymore and anyone that isn't aware of it i'd recommend just watching a youtube playthrough of it because it's It's intense, but it's also scary, and it doesn't let up. And, yeah, I mean, P.T. is definitely up there for me in terms of probably the scariest game I've ever played. And one very small mention as well that I'll put out there is a game called Beware. Have you heard of that? No. I don't know much about it, but I've watched um, NerdCube play a little bit of it on YouTube, and you're basically in the woods at night in a car, and... You drive past a. Certain, oh, I might have seen footage yeah, of it. Yeah, you, you drive past a certain section. And there's people. Yeah, is there people. Is, yeah, and all of, is, of a sudden the car lights. starts chasing you, and they look a little bit like. Um, what's the, what's the guy that Steve Carell plays in Despicable Me?
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't, no idea. <laughs> know.
0: But they, they they look a little bit like him, and they try and knock you off the road and come and drag you out of the car, and that's quite scary as well. But those are the kind of the few games that w- would come to mind when I think of horror. Um, which quite quite ranged, I suppose. How about you? Oh, Dead yeah, Space. I agree as well. with
1: you. I agree with you about um I always see kind of Resident Evil as the, the slightly dumber brother of out between Silent yeah. Hill and Resident Evil. Although I would probably place Resi Four above any Silent Hills, but at the same time
0: For different reasons I do
1: think Yeah, and I do think Silent Hill two should be on this list. Um this metacritic top 100 and it's a shame it's not um I mean maybe we'll correct that later on but we'll mm. see I've got some horror games that i I want to mention later on but I'm not going to mention them now but they're going to be on my um personal ten oh, yeah and I agree i think I think the difference between silent hill is there's, there's two types of horror isn't there there's there's zombies um things like the walking dead
0: in your face kind of to stuff to me
1: that and that that stuff that it's physical things that you can kill, um, the Last of Us as well.
0: You could say in that that camp.
1: Yeah, and I and I did think of The Last of Us um, because technically, that's got horror trappings, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. And those things, th- those things don't scare me in the least. I've n- I've never found a zombie film that scares me because I don't know zombies are stupid and yeah. zombies you can kill them and They're slow. Then there's the other kind of horror, which is more, um, I suppose, supernatural kind of horror, which is things that unexplained. you can't do anything to. And yeah, there's no there's no defeating them. And Silent Hill is more of that kind of school of uh, thought for horror. And I think, yeah, I, I, I find, generally speaking... I mean, maybe Silent Hill 2 would give Resident Evil 4 a run for its money, but I think I enjoy the gameplay of Resi 4 more than any Silent Hill. Whereas I think, from a thematic point of view, I much prefer Silent Hill 2. Well, um, th-
0: there's there's another game as well, isn't there? And it might be on your, on your list of games for us to play when we've completed the top 100, and you don't have to say whether it is or not now. I won't ask if it is. Um, but another game that I know that has got quite a lot of... Um, respect in the horror sphere is face is it fatal frame where it's got the in- fatal frame the insanity um things where no that's that's eternal darkness oh is it and it it, it deletes your save game and stuff yeah. like that that's that's eternal darkness ah, right, yeah, yeah that, that's the one i'm thinking that of. may
1: or may not be on my top 10
0: <laughs> yeah i wasn't sure if it would be I had a feeling it could be, but I won't ask you to con- confirm or deny right now, but I know that you're a fan of it. Well, I
1: just, say, I just say that as as my top 10 stands at the moment, Eternal Darkness is on my
0: list. Subject to change.
1: Subject to change, of course. Indeed. Fatal Frame is Japanese horror, so it's um, very much about spirits and about taking a photograph of the spirit, to, to which from what I hear, the Japanese do believe capturing... A spirit's essence and yeah. it damages the spirit. But those games are pretty terrifying. But um, the game, the games that I want to... I th- one of them, really, because I see it as the spiritual successor to Resident Evil 4. And it's not Resident Evil 5. Not any of the following Resident Evils. Um, now, I think Resident Evil 5 onwards took it in the wrong direction. They focused too much on the action stuff yeah. that was in Resi 4. And they ran with that stuff, and it, and it stopped being and scary. And, and, and you um, I played uh, Resi 5. Uh, I don't think I ever completed it, but I, I completed about three quarters of it. Then I just fell off. But it never, ever got anywhere close to the feelings that I got playing Resident Evil 4. And the game that I think is a spiritual successor to Resi 4 was also made by Shinji Mikami. Um, who is the creator of Resi Four, and that is the Evil Within. It's a game by Tango Game Works. Yeah, I've i think called. Evil
0: Within. It was quite big about ten, ten or so years ago, wasn't it? If not, a bit it long. was
1: twenty fourteen or something. Oh, there was. a so it was, was early. No, the Evil Within was uh, a new game released in 2013 or 14. Oh, really? Came out at the same time as Alien Isolation.
0: Oh, okay, and and that that deserves an honorable I... mention as well. To be fair, Alien Isolation.
1: Oh yeah, and it does. Yeah, definitely. Alien Isolation is heart-pounding terror. That's the word I'd say to describe Alien Isolation. Yeah. Terror. Um, yeah, and the Evil Within. ...basically follows on... ...and not follows on from Resi 4... ...because it doesn't in terms of storyline... ...but in terms of gameplay... ...it definitely does... Um, ...and it picks up a lot of those elements... ...that you've not seen since Resi 4... Um, ...you've got a chainsaw guy within the first hour... ...and it's great... I, I, ...I think Evil Within is really good... ...the second game is also really good... ...but not quite as good... Yeah. ...but Evil Within 1 I, I think is a great game... ...I was thinking about putting that on my 10... ...because I mean... And these games won't necessarily win awards for their gameplay, but there's something about the setting that's, especially in The Evil Within, that's just really, I think it takes, it's less campy than Resi 4 and a bit weirder. The
0: the thing is, horror is very subjective, isn't it? And it could be anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Something that comes to mind is a game, I'm not sure if you'd have heard of it, you probably have, called Doki Doki Literature Club.
1: Yeah, I've heard of it.
0: And I won't ruin it for anyone that doesn't know what that game is, um, but something happens in that game that you're not expecting, and it kind of flips everything up upside down. And that's got elements of horror in it, I think, because it's the unexpected, and you're not expecting something like that to happen in a game that's called Doki Doki Literature Club, which feels like a bit of a dating sim. And then <laughs> you've got other games as well... Um... I'm not sure if it's one of the mother games it's got an element of looking like Earthbound slash mother and there's like a 1 in 100 chance that when you go into this bedroom and turn off a light that this weird demon thing starts speaking to you and Mm. do do you know what I'm talking about no I don't know that one I can't think what it is But but then again you look at other stuff we've mentioned Petscop on this uh, podcast before as well which isn't a real game, it's a podcast uh, a podcast, a creepypasta but yeah. that, that's that got an element of oh yeah this is a, a quirky little game for kids and then all of a sudden you're running through, you see a gravestone and then you can hear the commenters saying oh that, that's that's a dead kid Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think horror is the unexpected isn't it and anything that makes you uncomfortable could be, not classed as horror as such but in that category i suppose of something that makes you feel something that you weren't expecting and makes you feel uncomfortable to I a think point where you're a little bit kind of not scared but you know out of your element i think the
1: i think the best horror is not the horror of jump scares although jump scares can be effective yeah. but it's the horror of uh, dread Making i call it think. dread it's it's building it's building this like you said earlier foreboding this this dread which makes you terrified to take another step Mm. it's the the dread that i think people felt playing amnesia um back in the day and it's that thing that you feel so crippled mentally that you don't want to take another step and i've had that playing games um the biggest jump scare i had was playing condemned 2 which is like a serial killer game and I walked into a bathroom. I was collecting stuff after I thought I'd defeated enemies. I walked into this small bathroom and there was a mirror in there. So I was just collecting stuff, and then this crazed junkie ran up behind me, and I could I could only see him in the mirror, and I was not expecting it. I had to pause the game for about two minutes <laughs> while I recomposed myself. The yeah. um, last last game I want to give um, a bit of uh, a bit of a nod to, especially before Halloween is a game that's not actually strictly speaking a horror game but it definitely has horror elements that's a game that was released on the ps3 and it's not been released anywhere since called folklore and it's set in ireland on a small irish island and uh, it's basically about um which is I think it's supposed to be the day before or the other day of Halloween. It's about all Hallows and all the spirits and uh, it's got some really cool stuff. Well, it's, this is why it's called Folklore. Um, I would recommend that to anyone and I don't want to reveal the story no. except for the fact that it's a girl looking for her mother and a private detective that also go to this island looking and it's got a hub world of this tiny Irish village. It's, it's, it's really good. Well worth, an exp- well worth a play. um. So I'd recommend that to anyone that's still got a PS3 that is interested in the concept.
0: Yeah, I've not heard of that. Sounds interesting.
1: Cool. Okay. So let's move forward. Now, we've kind of restructured our ending just to make it one simple question rather than 60 yeah, uh, questions that have different minutes. answers. Yeah, exactly. So, Resident Evil 4. Did the critics get it right? Putting it on the list.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. I don't think. It, what What do we say? It's number twenty six.
1: Twenty one. Twenty one.
0: On yeah, I don't think um, all of the aggregate scores were quite right in making it so high, but I think that with the reviews, it, it's got its place on the top one hundred, and I think it deserves to be there. It's frustrating and it's annoying at first, but once you get into it and you don't take it too seriously, it's a fun game and. I'd recommend it. I think it's good. And anyone that's somewhat interested in horror games or campy horror or anything like that, they'd have a good time. So yeah, I'd say the critics got it pretty much right, if not a little bit too much high praise, but it was decent. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it wasn't about whether they got it right because I I suppose I I kind of felt that they did anyway, but it was where it would place on the list for me. Now... I would place it in my top twenty-five.
0: Okay, not um, in the top it 10. It might anymore.
1: even, it might do. It might. I'd have to. I'd have to go through the top ten and see what was there. Yeah. Um. There's a the chance that it would just fall outside the top ten. But there's a chance it would be on there, but it would definitely be top twenty-five. And I think they absolutely got it right because one thing that we didn't really um pay any uh adherence to was the fact that it really rewrote what action games could be. So a lot of the stuff that we've got in modern action games started in Resi 4. Um, Things like Dead Space were directly inspired by Resi 4. Yeah, you you can see that um, as well. Yeah, and I think not only was it a great game, and it really was cutting edge at the time, it's still great today because of the feelings that it evokes. But it was also very influential. So I've got no qualms in saying that it absolutely deserves to be there I think that's the first time that we've both said yeah that a game deserves to be there fully wholeheartedly
0: yeah indeed it's a, it's a rarity for sure
1: cool okay so what is coming up next time would you like to reveal
0: yeah I mean we've we I think we've hinted at it a couple of times over the past few weeks maybe or I'm, I'm not sure if those mentions made the edit I, I can't remember but next episode is episode 25 Um, it's our 25th game to review which is quite a big milestone because we started this in February I think and it's mad that we're now a quarter of the way through the list so we thought we'd do quite and how long it's taken yeah I know Um, so we thought we'd do quite a big game for episode 25 we've already started the Legend of Zelda series and we want to make good headway and not kind of save up all the games for the last half of the list so we thought we'd power through. So episode 25 is the number one rated game of all time, according to Metacritic, which is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which should be a very interesting episode because everyone and their dog has an opinion on Ocarina of Time. Like we say, yeah. top top game of the top 100 on this list and of many other lists. And it's it holds a very special place in a lot of people's uh, hearts. So I think it will be a very interesting episode. Um, Would you like to also uh, reveal the challenge that you gave me, which you kind of uh, flirted around last week, I think it was?
1: Yeah, so I think think you'll agree that sometimes um, games lose your interest quite quickly. So my challenge that I set to you concerning the list was um, to complete Every single Zelda game on the list. Mm-hmm. So you've completed A Link to the Past. Next up is Ocarina of Time, yep. and I suppose the reason that I laid that challenge out to you was because I think it'd be really interesting. There are so many Zelda games on the list. There's maybe six. Yeah. And I think it'd be really interesting to just chart where the Zelda series went. I've already. I mean, I've actually completed Ocarina of Time <laughs> already. Yeah, ready prior for the episode.
0: Recording
1: this. Um, and, and there's things that I found out about that I didn't know about, which yeah. I, I, I want to talk about. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to chart uh, the Zelda series in that way. So that's been my challenge to you. And maybe I'll challenge you to complete the odd game like Resi 4 along the way. But uh, you can also um, lay down some challenges for me. Um, But yeah, my my main challenge to you has been the Zelda series, to finish all those games on this list.
0: Yeah, I've played a few Zelda games in the past, but I'd never completed one up until A Link to the Past. So that is my challenge, and I'm already underway with Ocarina of Time. I started it this morning. So yes, that wraps up our episode on Resident Evil. Bit of a Halloween special, obviously we deviated a little bit there, talking about horror games and the like um but yeah if you want to reach out to us we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram you can email us at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com if you want to see a video version of any of our episodes you can find um our episodes on dan's youtube channel the subtext and yeah if you're enjoying it please do consider sharing it with someone you think might enjoy it we really enjoy doing these episodes it's it's a nice project for us and we enjoy getting feedback so yeah we appreciate you listening and we appreciate you know throwing any thoughts or questions you might have at us anything else from you
1: no just really enjoyed replaying resi 4 doing the doing the episode um probably the, the most fun i've had replaying a game so far on the list so, yeah, we're enjoying it.
0: You'd buy it at a high price. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that is everything from us. So we will see you next time for episode 25 with Ocarina of Time. And until then, have a happy Halloween. Cheerio.
1: Happy Halloween.